Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Want to know the hidden meaning behind what women say and do? Then check out the Chictionary. It's the Wing Girl Methods manual that gives you a full rundown of all the things women say that confuse men written in dictionary format. Go get a copy of the Chictionary by going to winggirlmethod.com slash chick. That's winggirlmethod.com slash chick. Welcome to the Ask Women podcast where you get real advice straight from the source. I'm Kristen Carney, comedian, host, etc. Here, of course, with best-selling author Marnie Kinris. Uh, read her book, Get Inside Her. And our voice of man today is Jonathan Asley. He's a dating coach for women. However, he's got amazing things to say that we can apply to men. Then later in the show, we have a Playboy bunny yes. coming on. Her name is Maya Jordan, and she's got a game on the Playboy radio network called Head Games. No, it's a, a, a podcast. Oh, what I say? A game. Oh, she's got a game. She's Oh, she's got a she's game. She's a game host. That's for sure. Yeah, no. She's got a podcast. but She's fantastic and she has a degree. She's um, sexy she actually, and she's smart. She blah, is blah, sexy blah. and smart. She's actually she's, very, very cute. She's blonde. She's adorable. I did her show a couple of weeks ago uh, for the Playboy Network, which, by the way, we are now a part of, which is actually a very big deal for yeah. us. Yeah. Because we are whores and we are mm-hmm. ready to be gotta, on Playboy. Yeah, we're spread. We're spread open. eagle. Ready to go. Yes. Our no. podcast actually airs out of our vaginas. It does. <laughs> every Thursday. <laughs> so make sure to wah, add it wah, to your funnel. Wah, 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 wah. <laughs> but no, that's a big announcement for us. We teamed up with Playboy and they are going to host our podcast on their site, which will hopefully expose us to a whole bunch of pervs. Yeah. <laughs> that's Perve it up, sisters. Fingers crossed. That's what's going to happen. I'm just joking. But Playboy actually yeah. is a very good place. Like, they have great shows. You've been on a couple as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Funny Bunny, which I was on too. They have like really great educational yeah. shows. So even though I make jokes, it's not dirty at all. It's actually a fantastic place. Yeah, but fun. very happy to be a part of their team. Um, And Maya Jordan is also a part of their team and she hosts the show Head Games and we're going to have her on the second half of the show, which is really, really exciting. But yeah, today on the so I'm exhausted today, just to let you know. So I might like slur my words a little bit, but hopefully so people, you're actually drunk. And yeah, you're people, I wish I wish night. I was drunk. <laughs> I should be drunk right now. I'm having like a salad and water. I really should be having tequila and a burger because that would make me feel so much better right now. Um, but John, I before we started the show, you were talking about your specialty with the women that you coach, and and I've been doing a lot of interviews recently for my female program that Mm -hmm. I've created called That's Not How Men Work. And I've been interviewing a lot of men. And I'm finding it fascinating. Like I thought that I knew a lot about men before because I've worked with them for so long. I'm married to a man. Uh, I'm quite the inquisitive person. So I typically ask a lot of questions. But um, I'm learning a hell of a lot more about men right now. And and one thing um, that I learned yesterday in an interview that I did with Jordan Harbinger, who's on our show all the time, 
he was talking about why men cheat. And he was saying that one of the reasons that men cheat is because they become afraid of intimacy. And because of this, they start to pull back and they actually will go and cheat. That was like one of the reasons. There's, there's multiple other reasons and there's like a lot of other things going on there, but that was one reason. And you were saying before the show started that you talk to women about men who are afraid to commit and who are afraid of intimacy. And I wanted to talk to our audience because some people may not know that they have that fear of being vulnerable and of becoming intimate with somebody and getting close. But I would love to hear how – Potentially, sure. you could guide men if they are experiencing that or not aware that they're experiencing sure. it. Just helping. Well, them out you know, that. I, my demographics is for those who are in the forties to say sixty-five. So, because what happens with men when they hit that age, we call it midlife crisis, if you will. I call it where their blueprint collides with their reality. And what I mean to but say their is, blue balls can no longer get blue. <laughs> not, well, no, yes. I, <laughs> no. But when you think about it, when someone's in their twenties, they yeah, think they totally. can conquer the world, right? They think they're going to be the next Mark Zuckerberg or, you know, Bill Gates or whatever. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden as their life progresses, they realize, bam, what they thought their life was going to be like hits their reality. I'm experiencing that about 31 right now. Me too. Yeah. Also, well, I'm like, also, wow, this is not this what is I it. imagined. Yeah. Well, also what's also happening inside of us is there's a shift in chemicals. Yeah. Testosterone starts to drop within men. Actually, estrogen increases. So they start experiencing their feelings, their emotional emotions in a way they weren't oh, used wow. to. So that's also another dynamic that's going on right around 35, 40 years old. And guys are lost. Yeah. I mean, they're truly confused. And then what hits them is if they ask themselves this question, why am I here? Because that's when it really starts to shit hits the fan, if you will. And if and for many men, they start you know going down a a negative path. They might start drinking. They might start uh, doing drugs, whatever, to cope with what's going on because they're not used to buying really cheesy cars. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Well, there's nothing wrong with that. (laughs) (laughs) I meant a convertible. I meant. (laughs) (laughs) But. so that's what's oftentimes going on inside a guy's head. Yeah. And it's confusing to women. So all the clients that come to me, why is this guy emotionally unavailable? Why is he a commitment phobe? Because he doesn't even know what's going on inside of him. And usually it takes a traumatic event for that to, for something to shift inside of a guy. Okay. Well, can you, can you tell me more about this? Like speaking to our audience, yeah. um, people who listen to the show are, you know, all over the map. There yeah. are guys who are 18, there are guys who are 45, guys who are 65. What can you tell to the younger man I know you've said that this does happen, you know, in their 40s when the chemicals start to shift. But how how can younger guys be prepared for this shift and how can they learn – how to be more, more vulnerable so that right. these emotions don't get so overwhelming for them. Oh, I love this question because I have an 18-year-old son. So, oh, so yeah. You yeah, have... and I talked to him about this stuff. And it's and what I encourage him is to start doing personal growth. You know, start reading books that really help you learn what's going on on the inside. I mean, first for me was Tony Robbins. You know, that was the big guy out there 20, 30 years ago. Yeah. And that's who I started to follow. And it started to sink in that we actually are in control of – well, to a certain degree, of our emotions. And what I mean to say is we're in control of our choices. And so we don't have to go down a path of, you know, the negative train if we start training ourselves to become more positive within. And you'll start gaining more confidence within because oftentimes they go down the negative path okay. on an emotional level, if you will. Okay. So so I, what I call it is like, is like a man or, you know, a woman allowing her negative emotions to drill her into a n- negative 
circle. Well, and, well, we'll call it limiting beliefs, if yeah. you will, because the more you start believing the negative or the limiting beliefs, the more that will become your reality. Okay. So how do you shift that? How, how do you teach people how to shift that? I know that you make women aware that men are experiencing this, but how, how have you learned to Perfect shift Perfect example. So women come to me, there's no quality men out there. Okay. So if that's the program playing, that's the software playing in their head, well, that's all they will see is there's no quality men. Even, so shift- even wonderful men will yeah. seem like low quality. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So start changing the voice inside your head. There's an abundance of amazing men who are suitable for me. Just that one shift in your language will start all of a sudden opening your eyes up to seeing the possibilities of what's out there. How, how do you shift that language? Because I, I, I want like specifics because there's a lot of people who are like, okay, how do you suddenly start thinking differently in that direction? Like let, let's you know, speak to men and like let's okay. tell them exactly how to do it. Okay. So one of my favorite movies is Groundhog Day. Okay, you've seen Groundhog Day, yes, where he basically relives right it over, over and over again. Well, that's the same thing. Practice makes perfect. So if you have a, a limiting belief, shift that belief by finding the, the shift to it, the opposite, flip what that is, and just start repeating it over and over again in your head. Because it'll, then it'll start to sink in. It, like anything, it takes time. Yeah. You know? I, I think I've told this story before about like not putting my keys in the right place. Have I told yeah. this story before? Yeah. yeah. And it, it, like people don't believe that you can program your brain and that we're like – Tell it though, because I kind of forget, but I remember you talking about it. Yeah. You, you were <laughs> no, programmed to remember this story. No, yeah. Basically, I was horrible with my keys. Like, I, I swear one time they ended up in the laundry machine. Like, they're just all over the place. And my husband would get so frustrated with me because every day I would say, where are my keys? And he'd be like, why don't you do what I do? I put my keys in the same damn place every single day so that you can't lose your keys. I cannot stand hearing that statement out of your mouth. So I was like, okay, fine. I'm going to do something about this. I'm going to train myself to know where my keys are. I even like bought myself like a little dish to put them on. Anyway, I forget where I ended up putting them. Like if there was like a little, um, not surprising, right? (laughs) Yeah. Where are they now? How did I even get here? But what I ended up doing was every single day, like I had post-its everywhere to remind myself to, to put the keys in the same damn place every single day. And for the first few days, like I would fuck up. Like I wouldn't put the keys in the right place, but because I was aware that I was trying to do this and I had post-it notes everywhere to remind me to do this, I would eventually put that key, the keys in the right place and in the same place every single day. And after like, I think the fourth or fifth day, something in me would twinge if the keys weren't put into the right place. So that I've, I literally reprogrammed my brain to put the keys in the same place. Now I'm back to how I was before and the keys are all over the place. But well, you know, but basically I, st- I still kind of have my routine, but I was able to reprogram the way that I thought about something. They say it takes about 28 days to change a habit, right? right? So if you do something over and over again for 28 days, you're more likely to have a brand new habit forming right there. Right. So if we know that's kind of what the, you know, the benchmark is, then just do it for 28 days and yeah. you'll find that you'll put it in that same place. Yeah, and you can you can use as many helpful cues as possible. You're not yeah. like by yourself doing this. You can say to your significant other, can you remind me to put even if they don't do it, but whatever, to put these keys in the same spot every day. You can put up post-its. You can put a post-it on the door of your house so that you remember when you're walking in. There's lots of things that can help you do this. You don't have to do it on your own. Well, you know, I use my computer. I get an email every morning with seven or eight different affirmations. Now, I know for some people that might think, oh, my God, affirmations. Real life Stuart Smalley in the studio. Exactly. (laughs) But you know what? Every day I have the same thing, you know, and they could be statements like I accept myself. Someone like me, I'd get the daily email and I just wouldn't open it. Ah, you have to make it a practice. Yeah. Okay. But you know like, what? Eh, but you know what? Your subconscious. Bullshit. But no, your subconscious is getting it in anyway. 
Yeah. You know, so long as you just keep that going, you're going to be more apt to have success than if you did nothing. Right. Because you can go down the path of limiting beliefs and have a mediocre life, or you can have an extraordinary life by shifting your patterns. Yeah. Okay. Well, I love where this conversation has gone to. So how does this... And by the way, this works in your business too, yeah. because you're teaching men confidence and just doing something over and over and over before, and then it becomes second nature. That's yeah. what we're talking about. Absolutely. For sure. So, so everything we're talking about right now totally applies to all the guys that are listening, but I wanted to get back to the emotional yes. thing. So um, men being overwhelmed by their emotions. Because I do find that a lot of the guys that write into me for my email coaching program who are in relationships or who just ended a relationship, yeah. most of the relationships have ended because of them lacking the ability to express their emotions more, to share, to open yeah. up. Um, so, And I know in my own relationship that had been a sticking point as well. My husband is more inclined to not share yeah. as much. But now that he's been with me, he has no choice but to share <laughs> and to open up a lot more. But for most relationships as well, I think that that's where a lot of the tension stems from. During these interviews that I did with men, sorry to interview, but yeah. these men as well, I interviewed Michael Fiore. And he talked about a recent survey that he had, had done um, where he interviewed men and women asking them, like, the the key thing that frustrates them the most or that they're the most confused about men and women. And the women said – like the, the number one question that they have for men is why doesn't he love me? And for the men, the number one question – and it came in all different forms. But at, at the core of it was how come she doesn't know I love her? And this, this difference between men and women is where I think the base of all confusion and frustration stems from. But for the guys who are listening, these women question – whether or not you love them because it's not being expressed to them in a way that they understand. So if you can, on a daily basis, like what you were talking about before with a daily practice, learn to express a little bit and share a little bit with the woman in your life or the women in your life, it could potentially create a more successful relationship for you. You know, this is such a great question because there's a – what usually happens is we don't know how to express love in the language that's heard. Right. So there's a fantastic book by Gary Chapman yeah. called The Five Love Languages. And when you understand your partner's love language, you're more – One of them is is, is uh, farting, <laughs> Is it really? Yes, yeah. it is. Is that an act language. of service? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like you really <laughs> Or is that a gift? <laughs> it's just like taking down the walls. It depends who's doing it, but yeah. it could be a gift. No, but once you learn your partner's love language, you're, they're going to – it's going to land on them that you actually do care about them. And men tend to be more acts of service and women tend to be more words of affirmation. Those are the kind of the two top ones for both men and women. And what's happening is your guy is showing you love by making sure that there's oil in your, you know, your car or the tires are rotated and that sort of thing. And you're waiting for, why aren't I getting the words? Right. Exactly. And he doesn't feel love by you because you, you know, it's not appreciating the the gas in the tank. Exactly. You're like, well, it's only half full last <laughs> Half empty, uh, Yeah, exactly. Way. Half empty. Exactly. That's the proper way to think about it. Um, but let's tap more into this emotional side. So for guys who are in their 40s or even for guys who are in their 20s who aren't sure what to do with all of these emotions that they're feeling. Because guys who are 18 are still feeling emotions. The advice of getting to self-help is great. But what's like the first baby step that they could do on their own right now to help them – deal with these emotions so that they 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 are not afraid or commitment phobes or uh, they don't screw up in relationships is there actually you know here's a better question yeah. is there a way to teach men how they can be vulnerable but still feel comfortable with it 
Oh, wow. Great question. Well, first off, I think awareness is a key, you know, being aware of what's going on inside of you. And oftentimes, if you're not even clear on what's going on and you're not able to express it, it's going to be a challenge. But first, start off by expressing your feelings. And if you don't feel comfortable talking to your guy friends, start with female friends. You know, if you think about it, you know, most guys have no problem opening up to another woman. You know, when they feel comfortable and they feel safe, that's usually the key point for a man. Does he feel safe to share his emotions? And most men don't feel safe with their their guy friends because they're going to use it against them or they're going to ridicule mm-hmm. them and that sort of thing. So it well, starts off by being safe. I think guys would safe. also be fearful of being as open with a girl that they're seeing because I think that a lot of guys, no. they're afraid that being vulnerable could potentially – make them lose that girl. Yeah, because uh, it shows a level of weakness. So, no, I'm talking about a friend, right. you know, and not necessarily a partner or a lover. So how do you be vulnerable within a relationship? How do you be vulnerable with women who you still want them to be attracted to you? I, you know what? I mean, first off, I don't suggest vomiting all your feelings all at once, you know, but certainly sharing what's going on. Vomit is more attractive. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to go along with the farting, right? Yeah, That's yeah, such yeah. an act of service. <laughs> <laughs> No, but you start with baby steps, like what you said earlier. You start by sharing a little bit what's going on. You know, oftentimes it's usually a reflection of our childhood. If we can go back in time to see what happened in our childhood and start sharing the feelings that you had as a child, you're going to build trust with your partner as you move you know, up the continuum of the dating and the I relationship. Think, yeah, I think just sharing stories of your yeah. childhood or sharing memories, things like yeah. that, that they're not necessarily always sad. You know, like my boyfriend and I really connected at first over just sharing stories of we grew up in a similar area. So be like, oh, yeah, when this person did that, I was, you know, it was just a connection on on our history. But it was also showing some vulnerability just because we show what was special to us or what memories were happiest. It didn't always have to be sad to be vulnerable. Right, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. So that, I think that's a confusion that's a great for a point, lot of guys. Yeah. That, yeah, vulnerability doesn't have to do with being sad or mopey and like sh- yeah. sh- exposing that side of yourself. That right. can slowly be earned between two people. Right. Uh, but being vulnerable is really just opening up and sharing. So so let me ask you, Kristen, what is oversharing? So if you were on a fourth date with a guy, what would be considered oversharing and a huge turnoff? It's kind of hard for me to answer because I actually don't mind oversharing. And I was going to actually make this point is that I have I have difficulty making friends. And it's not because I choose that. It's I kind of close myself off. But basically, I think sometimes with people, I share too much. And then I turn them off from wanting to be my friend. I really think that because I'll see people's like, I mean, this is very pertains to like younger generation, but like I'll see people's Instagrams and they're like always with their friends and posting pictures. And it's like, ooh, look at me and us together bonding. And even with my closest friends, they don't post pictures of us on Instagram. And so I feel like because they're ashamed of your friendship. Well, it's weird to me. I don't know <laughs> if I'm because I'm likable and I'm fun to be around to an extent. <laughs> But I, I like you. But people always say for to two me, hours a week. <laughs> <laughs> I'm good with I'm really good with one on one. And people have said to me, I'm not in their circle of friends, but I'm their friend. And they really like talking to me. And they'll say, I can really sh- like I can really open up to you. But then they don't really want me in their fun friend world. So I don't know if I share too much. So it is hard for me to really kind of gauge that. If a guy, of course, wa- was like, I'm going to kill myself and I've always wanted to kill myself, I'd be like, well, maybe we'll save that for the sixth, right. sixth date. Yeah, exactly. You know, I, to- I-, I can get on board. a little too early, buddy. I can kill you for you. Right. But um, 
I, for me, that is hard to answer because I don't mind oversharing. I like getting really kind of nitty gritty with people's emotions and feeling different feelings and sad. And stuff well, the like benefit that. of that is you also recognize who accepts you for who you are. Right. You know, in a way, I look at it as a test. Uh, you know, to see if I, you know, if we're good, compatible. That is a good test because you know, if you're not, hey. You yeah. know what? Time to end it now yeah. before you go any deeper. Yeah. Well, I, well to speak on Kristen's point, because this may be something that people are concerned about as well, because I, I would say I have a very similar character to Kristen, or at least, you know, I have in my past. And I've learned more now about like having different types of friendships with people, whereas before I would have a hard time if I was hanging out with people who weren't able to go deep or open up and not really expose themselves and deep. Yeah, I'm not good with surface friends. Yeah, and I was never okay with it. I'm fine with it now. There are some people who just bring out a really fun side in me. And sometimes I don't have to be talking about serious things or helping them with their relationship issues or, you know, contemplating like my mission in life. I have those friends and I can and definitely am that person for a lot of people. But I realized how to tap into kind of my surface level side and the fun side. I used to get very down on myself for that as well. I'm like, "Eh, well, I, you know, I'm not into that whole female sorority thing, but I'm getting more into that world. And I kind of like it. Like sometimes it's nice to not, it's easy. Yeah. Not, not go to that level. I still enjoy having like people come over to my house and having a glass of wine way better now also because I'm exhausted. But, um, but other (laughs) than that, like I, Yes. Anyway, we're going on a a totally different tangent. But I think this is a really good conversation because we are talking about being vulnerable and really identifying with who you are as a person and the things that you like. Um, If it's important to you to always – like my cousin, he is the most – introspective, intelligent, you know, it's hard to just kind of have a chit chat conversation with him. And so if obviously we're cousins, we would never date. But if it came to that, I'd be like, "Eh, he's a little intense. So maybe that's where I could say I would draw the line. I'm not always looking for the deeper meaning in life, but I like sharing just feelings in general, but not, well, actually I'm not trying to find why, why, you know, the, you know, who are we? Right. I'm not trying to go that deep. Right. Well, I think women appreciate men who share their emotions, who share their feelings. But men also have to be careful in the sense that if you trigger areas of weakness in places where women want security, okay? Yeah. Usually, that's so that's yeah. usually where that's a man a might lose his, say, his edge or his credibility, not credibility, but, you know, that protectiveness oh, yeah. if it's a space of where it reflects in her sense of security. Absolutely. That's a really good point. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. But you know what I talk so about? So don't weep about having nothing in your bank account. Okay. But women love men who t- are emotional, right? And they communicate their feelings, if you will. But you have to differentiate between men who share their problems versus their fears. That's a good right. right. Okay. Because oftentimes guys vomit all their problems and women go, oh my God, he's speaking my language. You know, he's sharing <laughs> his feelings with me. All he's doing is sharing his problems. When a man shares his fears, that's when he's vulnerable. Right. Okay. right. Can you give an example of like how each a difference one would look? between a problem and a fear? Okay. A problem is, oh my God, my ex wife is, you know, bugging me for child support, blah, 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 blah. He's, you know, saying his yeah. problems versus, hey, I'm worried I might lose my job. At I'm work. worried I might kill the bitch. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's <laughs> well, that's not a fear. That's <laughs> for <more>. her, it <laughs> is. <laughs> that's a, yeah, that's exactly. a goal. No, that's exactly. more of a goal. I was going to say yeah. it's a goal. <laughs> yeah. No, but he's like maybe concerned something's happening at work. Boom. He shares that feeling and it's a fear, right? right. Well, that might trigger her sense of security. Oh, he can't take care of me, you know? Uh, And that's where it gets kind of tricky because this is where men, one of the reasons why we hold our emotions in because we don't want to trigger that fear of security. So what's the better way for a man to phrase that then? 
Wow. So that it won't <laughs> you will, well look at you have to be able to come back with the positive. Okay. I might hey, lose, I might my, lose job, my job, but this but is a great I'm really opportunity. Really good at bank robbing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I can make a lot of money doing that. And <laughs> right. I'll get caught, you know. So all right, so now you you know You have a solution. A they, yeah, exactly, therefore a solution. you are of higher value. Yeah, exactly. actually showing a solution isn't a bad idea. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So what is what is the the better way? No, just that? like what we just said. If you're going to share a fear that's you know stems in the area of insecurity within a woman, it might be to show the solution as well. It's not just sharing the fear, but also how you're going to come up with the the next game plan. Yeah, or even the desire to come up with the next game yeah. plan. Because the thing is, is that I don't want to put too many unrealistic pressures on men and, and women yeah. as well. Like even throughout my interviews with all of the men that I was interviewing, like all all of these un realistic pieces of advice for women were being thrown out. (laughs) And I was just like, how can you put that on? It's just, it's just too much. And I realize that sometimes on our show, I think we, we try to be as realistic as possible and understand that the people listening and ourselves, we're human beings. So I think for men, if they are going to express a potential fear to a woman, it's best not to be emotional about it. So I I always say, tell women what you think rather than what you you feel exactly. to be honest so that you have you know it's much more calm and it's not emotionally charged but sometimes it's going to happen if you're in a relationship and there are going to be emotions uh charging at you and charging at her but if you can come back to it after and and, t- and talk about it and express what you think about that fear and then express that you are looking for a solution and that is what you would like to find. You don't necessarily have to have a solution in that moment because, again, that's sort of teaching men you can't be vulnerable ever. You have to deal with all this shit on your own first and then come and express it to us. Um, I think women are caregivers, and I know we are, and we also want to help provide a solution for anything that is bogging down our partners. But if it's if it's said frantically to us, all we're going to feel as well is uh, frantic, being frantic and uncomfortable and scared. But when it is said with a, with a potential solution, not a solution that is set in stone, but an idea that a solution is available, that will make us feel more secure. Absolutely. You know, my 80-year-old mother, who's been married 63 years now, wow. looks at what I do and all the advice that's given out there. She's like, oh my God, this is overwhelming. You know, mm-hmm. we made it simple. We married our best friend right. and we make sure to go to bed with that, you know, you know, Resolving our problems, you know, with other people. (laughs) That's that's how it worked for us. (laughs) It did work, but no. But you resolve your problems before you go to bed, and it was like that's her advice. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) But is that true? I think there's a benefit of conflict resolution is one of the keys to any long-standing relationship. No, that that she did that. She, well, they, that's what she claims. Yes. You know? I mean, and by the way, can I say this? So I went to visit my folks the other day and I went in the house and I couldn't find them in any room and I opened the bedroom. There they are at two in the afternoon spooning each other. Oh, my no. God. Yeah, taking a nap. So, yes, wow. it is true <laughs> for my folks. Wow. Anyway. What a nice best, life, two in the best, afternoon taking a nap together. <laughs> by the way, they take seven naps a day. That's amazing. So, <laughs> that they're age. just holding on so they don't fall off the bed. <laughs> exactly. Now I know I have something to look forward to. But they're more naps. But they're best friends. You know, they married. You know, that's what they say the key is yeah. you know, marry your best friend interesting yeah. no i, just I so love much that simpler. advice as well. it, it, it is it's funny because sure. my grandmother she her, she was so in love with my grandfather but she would say i married for love but you can totally marry for money like, <laughs> yeah. i lived it it was fine but money's not but that it could bad be either. better yeah 
I love that. Um, oh, all right. Well, we're going to take a break. Thank you so much, John. You're going you're gonna to stay around for the second sure. half of the show because we have Maya Jordan on, who is the Playboy Playmate. But now, psychologist, I have to look this up so I, I, I get it right. This is horrible that I'm not saying it The whole correctly. point of having a Playboy Playmate on the show is to, like, see her rockin' body, and she's going to be on Skype. So it's like right. we kind of lost out in the battle here. <laughs> I don't know if she's single, actually. We should ask her that question. I know. We lost out. I, I apologize. But if, now that we are a part of the Playboy Network, which everybody should know, even though you should still download from iTunes and give us a five-star rating, um, we will have people from their network on our show. And just to give you a little background about Maya, uh, Maya was a, a stripper. and um, Not surprised. But the interesting thing was that she uh, we were talking about it. All of these guys would go to the strip club and start telling them about her problems. She's like, oh, I should be a therapist. Right, right. <laughs> like it's, she was basically being a therapist. and now, Sexy therapist. Yeah, now she's making less money doing it, but... <laughs> She is a, a psychotherapist. Psychotherapist, psychotherapist, even better. Thank oh, you. So like a crazy therapist. What is a psychotherapist actually? What is that? What is the difference? A uh, therapist for psychos. <laughs> I don't know. You're holding up the paper, but you have no idea. I don't know the difference I thought between the a therapist one and a psychotherapist. psychology. Well we, well, we will look it up, and then we'll be back after this with my <laughs> Hey you, this is Marnie, and thanks for listening to the Ask Women podcast. Hey, do me a favor. Take a quick moment to give us some feedback on our iTunes page. We'd really love to know what you think of us. And also, give us five stars, just because. We need a new intro because there is no intro right now. Basically, it's just you depressingly opening up the show. So um, we would love to have a new intro for our show and we want to have the people who listen to our show possibly help us create that new intro. So here is what I wanted to announce that starting today until the very end of June, we are going to have an open contest where you can send us raps or songs or whatever the hell you want that you think would be the best intro for our show. I want you to upload them to YouTube or whatever format you can upload, whatever you're going to create, upload it to YouTube again or anywhere else um, and then tweet it out to at Ask Women Podcast, hashtag Ask Women Podcast intro and by the end of June, hopefully we'll have at least four submissions and I have a feeling we're going to get a few fart noises (laughs) and that's going to be about it. (laughs) And then we will decide at the very end of June if we like one of them, uh, if that new intro or that new whatever you put out there will be the new intro for our show. So again, upload it wherever you're going to upload it to and then send it out, tweet it out to us at Ask Women Podcast and then hashtag Ask Women Podcast intro. This is how we get free things. Right, exactly. I'm really excited to see what people come up with, so we're putting it on you guys. I'm scared. Yes. I'm not actually scared. I'm really excited. I think our everybody who listens to our show is awesome, or at least from what I believe in my own mind, they're awesome. Um, but please do that. Upload it. Send it to us. Hashtag it. And then at the end of June, we will decide uh, who wins and gets to be our new intro for our show. Or we might say, fuck all of you. We hate these. Nothing's happening. We're keeping it as is. Um, but yeah, it, the contest is starting Come on, more now. than one submission. Yeah, exactly. One, although I do love that rap, but if we could get at least one more, that'd be, <laughs> be awesome. really amazing. To choose from. All right, guys, it's up to you. Please start sending your submissions now. Again, end of June is when we are ending it and then making our final decision. Cool. 
Hey guys, welcome back. So we're going to get Maya on the phone or on Skype. Just for those who were with us during the first half of our show, here is what a psychotherapist is, which is what we all kind of thought. We're not idiots. Psychotherapy is a general term that is used to describe the process of treating psychological disorders and mental distress. While many psychotherapists do not use this classic type of talk therapy, uh, there are actually a wide variety of techniques and practices used in psychotherapy. And there's a lot more to be described. So yes, there's a, a lot of different types of psychotherapy. There's the young. There's, oh my God, I feel like an idiot right now. Can't think of any other ones. Anyway, there's a whole bunch of different types of psychotherapy, but Maya is a psychotherapist and she has a show on the Playboy Network, Playboy Radio called Head Games. And we are going to call her right now. Hi there. Hi. Doesn't she? Her voice. I I thought it was a recording. I know. I had somebody call me the other day as well. And it's like these new telemarketers that are recorded sound like such real people. And the person's voice on the other end was like, hi, is Marnie there? And I I just paused and I was like rolling my eyes. And she goes, Marnie? I was like, oh, okay. Oh, you're a person. Okay. Um, Hi. And then it was like somebody that I was waiting for. And then she was like, gotcha. It's a recording. Yes, exactly. But yeah, this is like Maya's voice is like very soothing. I did a whole interview with her and it's just like it's wispy and Mm -hmm. sexy and smart very nice so maya thank you for being on our show of course i love you guys isn't she great yeah i know i want her to record like an audiobook for Mm -hmm. me because i would listen to it (laughs) while i go to sleep um you could just listen to this podcast or her radio show right that's true i could (laughs) listen to her radio show but i want to benefit from it (laughs) that's true exactly (laughs) Uh, but maya thank you so much for being on the phone with us of course how can i help Oh, so many ways. Well, actually, I want to hear about you and your background. And really, the main point of our show is to advise men on what attracts women. So we thought that you would be the perfect person to describe what attracts women and how men can actually act on that attraction. That's what we'd like to talk to you about today. Oh, very sexy stuff. I'm excited. Her voice is great, right? I know. Like, sorry, we're all like smiling right now in here. Okay, perfect. Yes, please, please start talking. Yeah, well, you know, my background is a little colorful because I started out as a stripper in New York. And working at Scores was somewhat illuminating in the sense that I come from a real small town in Ohio. So being exposed to all of these new people, places and things at a really young age was just, it rocketed me to the, you know, the next dimension. And I ended up becoming um, in a place where I wanted to have more value. And so I thought graduate school was the best way to do that. So I went back to school and got a master's in social work and became a psychotherapist. So it's a little bit colorful, my background, but I When you say that, I'm just thinking you were with a lot of black dudes. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, girl. Oh, girl. Yeah. Oh, girl. I could tell tell story after story after story. There are lots and lots and lots and lots and lots of that. We'll have to get to them. But it was all, it was, it was a really positive experience in the sense that I got to, you know, fuck all these guys and have fun with all these guys. And there was no commitment involved. It was just sex. And for the first time in my life, I was seeing life the way that most men do, you know? So I kind of reprioritized the way that I viewed relationships and viewed sex. So it wasn't so personalized anymore. Okay. Would you say that a lot of women have a similar attitude? 
Yeah. You know, I don't subscribe to the whole evolutionary psychology thing where women are rigged, you know, genetically to go after meaning and relationships and men are just meant to go sow their seed. I think that women are built very similarly and want sex just as much as men do. It's just social programming steps in and tells us that we're supposed to want different things. And that's just simply not the case. You know, I'm not a chaste woman. I proclaim, you know, proudly from the rooftops that I am a slut with a capital S and love it and own it and seek to kind of reauthor that word. I love that. Well, actually, oh, shoot, I'm trying to find this article that somebody forwarded me the other day um, that was talking about like exactly what you said, that it's the it's a belief that women don't actually want uh, casual sex or, or, or are, are unable to um, have casual sex with this. This article was saying the exact opposite. So please keep talking and I'm going to look for this. Yeah. article. You know, there is a wonderful researcher at NYU. Her name is Jana Vrangalova and she's got a project called the Casual Sex Project and it really examines and asks for testimonials from all kinds of people just as to their casual sex habits and really speaks to the fact that women aren't necessarily these chaste little virginal beings. You know, we're watching porn. We're going after cock. We're claiming it for Check ourselves. <laughs> we're not allowing other people to dictate to us what our sex drive should be anymore. I mean, this is 2015. We've got a right to reauthor things the way we want to do them. Absolutely. Okay. So let me read this article. N- uh, new research uh, published in the Journal of Personality and Social Psychology shows that when great pleasure is expected, women are just as likely as men to say yes to casual sex. The innovative set of studies carried out at uh, University of Michigan basically showed that when, when women are around men who they perceive as experienced and um, men who will be great in bed, that's when they're more inclined to have casual experiences. So if they're around somebody that they think will provide them education in the background and like a rocking experience, they will be more open to having casual sex. That's that's what the study showed. So true. And, you know, if you ask women what their what their their lives are like in terms of what they fantasize about, what their fantasy lives are like, it really speaks to the fact that we will have anonymous sex with a superstar, you know, with George Clooney, if the opportunity presented itself to us, you know, we'd be no holds barred, just go after it in the same way that a man would be no holds barred, just go after it to sleep with a supermodel. It's the same sex drive. It's just patented differently because of the the society in which we live. So how do the guys listening to this show capitalize on, you know, that information that you've shared that women do want casual sex? That women are sluts. Right. And that- With a capital S. But like, and this study, like how, how do they show that they are an experience in the bedroom? I think that sharing porn is a really great way to kind of jump off into the deep end. I don't know and if approaching a girl on the street showing them porn would actually get that response, <laughs> but it could. We can all try it, right? But I mean, like, like if you're in a relationship, like but speaking let's, from let's speak to guys who aren't in a relationship, like guys who um, are just walking down the street and they see a girl that they want to approach. Like how, how do they show that without being sexual? Like how, yeah, how do you escalate a conversation and show sexual intent without being a creep? 
I think that it all has to do with how you embody your personal space okay. and how you speak to the fact that you're a man and you're nonverbals. So a man carries himself in a certain way. A man articulates his thoughts in a certain way. And it's almost like, you know, when you look at those old movies of like Clint Eastwood or John Wayne and the way they move through space, it's like they're moving through liquid, through water. Everything's slowed down a little bit. The conversation that they engage in is very pointed. It's very directed. It's not just about, you know, what the weather is like outside. It's, you know, it's focused. So when you're creating a sort of escalation between the two of you and you're trying to create a bond, and this is a brand new girl, something that I always advise guys to do is to just share her personal space, like not get in on her, like, you know, like totally being creepy, right. but, but creating that physical proximity through something as simple as like, say you're taking pictures and you walk up and all of a sudden you take a picture of the two of you together. That's creating a story that's sharing personal space. That's escalating the the feeling and intention of the two of you being together. So later on, like that's a great tactic for like first dates Mm -hmm. when you are with a brand new girl and you take various pictures throughout the date and then you follow up with her later on when you're trying to think of something to text her you follow up with like a picture of the two of you together that creates a story in her mind of the two of you having this ongoing relationship and more significance She's like, oh, that's sweet. No, okay. <laughs> that could work, by the way. I know. Oh God, that's funny. No, I, I, I like that example. There's other things that you can do that are similar to that that may not involve you taking like you know selfies with each other. But I, yeah. you know, but but definitely getting not in her space as you said and being creepy, but getting close to her to show that you do have intent. And I like that you were describing Clint Eastwood and who else did you say? John and John Wayne. Wayne. Because it's true. Like, the way that they carry themselves, like, people who, who are listening to this should go watch a couple of so movies sexy. of them. It's so sexy. And and the thing is, is that you can be your everyday self. You can be enthusiastic and bubbly and you could have a great time with a girl on a date. But at some point in the date, if you can shift gears to get into that seducer mode where you do start to go a little bit slower, get a little bit closer, your voice goes down, you're more direct with the things that you're saying. Exactly, you know, how, how Maya explained. Um, to show that balance balance, that there's two different guys there and that, you know, the, the great guy is great and awesome. And you can have fun with him. But there's also this sexual side of somebody that desires you and wants you. And actually, uh, before we recorded the show, we recorded a 10-minute segment for a, a, another piece and John was with us. And we were talking about... Jonathan. Uh, Jonathan. Sorry. Oh, God. I screwed up. Jonathan. We were talking about, you know, do women like to be chased? And we were all saying that women like to be pursued by a man of value, a man who knows himself, who knows what he wants. And, and, And actually what we were just describing collectively together, I think that's, that's the type of man, um, that we want to be pursued by. One that can be that balance. Well, you know what? If a man 
throws out a few sexual innuendos, that's usually a good start. But it's the way he does it. So if you sent that picture you talked about, and, hey, I just masturbated to you. <laughs> but if you rephrase and said, I just fantasized about you, yeah. that's going to land much greater than you know being absolutely blunt about it. Yeah. But the little by little sexual innuendos, I know back when I was single after my divorce, if I was had an uh, online date or a conversation with a woman I met online, if she had phone sex the first day, you know, first conversation, you knew that was a guaranteed Holy. lay. Yeah. And you'd be surprised how easy it was if you just subtly seed sexual innuendos in the conversation. Oh, let's talk more about this, about seeding. <laughs> I would just like – like I'd go to Starbucks and buy one of the bananas and I'd be like, banana, hey? My cucumber's bigger. That's the extent of Kristen's yeah. sexual anyway. Banana. What can you do with this? Like, can you give some examples of some sexual innuendos that gently escalate? Because I think for a lot of guys, the question that I get a lot is how how do you take it to that sexual level? So how yeah, my do first you one used to it? be, how old were you when you first kissed a girl? Mm. And that, somehow, if they you know if they responded, that told me a lot about them. Oh my god! But yeah. how did how did you how did you segue into that? Like you're talking, it might be just in a joking manner because you're also because you want to play it off. Look at if it didn't land well, you also want to be able to retract quickly. So I'd say that as a joke, but I did it with such a straight face, and I swear, depending on how they responded, that told me a lot about right. the woman. Right? And we'll watch them so off guard, so it's an exactly. honest moment. But let's hear, let's hear. Like so. So how old were you when you first kissed a girl? Uh, See, you're thinking. I am thinking. Well, Marty about it. has kissed a girl. No, I'm trying. My first time kissing a girl. I don't know. Was Justine the first girl that I kissed? But oh then you God. start a conversation. You kissed about more it. than one girl. I think so. See, because that's, that's, that's a perfect example. So yeah, little exactly. by one little, hope, right, Maya? Thank you. Uh, yeah, yeah, but that's how you would start uh, the conversation. But that's like. Well, that's just one like, method. Hi, my name's Jonathan. What was the first? <laughs> like how? How? No, but you didn't. Again, you don't vomit it on the first. You know, as you know, the first few minutes, you start to seed it in little by little. I don't little think there's a need. But there's rapport that's been built too. Right. Yeah. These are the things that I want to hear because that's the guidance that the guys need. But I think all women. Assume that men are sexual anyway, so I feel like to throw it in right at the top no. doesn't. He's not saying to throw it in. No, I used to have like three-hour conversations, yeah. and then you throw it. <laughs> right, exactly. I'm saying like if you meet someone, I feel like showing the intent right away isn't necessary. No, that's not going to work because it's obvious. No. Yeah. The dude's you got a dick. You don't want right. to. You don't want to throw her off. I mean, here's right. the thing with showing intent too early. There are a lot of women who walk around and lead normal lives who could be considered like beta females, and they're wonderful women and they do wonderful things with their lives. It's just they are on kind of a beta level. So you're not going to be able to be as straight a shooter with a beta female as you can be with an alpha. If you encounter an alpha female and you just say straight up, I just want to fuck you. She's going to have that conversation with you and understand where you're coming from and isn't going to hold it against you on like an emotional freakish level. You know, so it's different. If you're interacting with an alpha, you can be a total straight shooter and just just go with it. How do you know you're interacting with an alpha female compared to a beta female? That's that's an interesting thing that I want to get a better understanding on. I think, you know, with alpha females, they're going to shout it from the rooftops, just kind of like what we were talking about before, that they're going to be a slut with a capital S in the sense that they go after sex, they explore sex, they are sexual beings. And they'll put it they're out there not, in conversation. You know, yeah, I mean, it's like alpha females don't necessarily look like Playboy centerfolds. 
you know, they, they know who they are as human beings and they know what they want out of life and they're going to go after it. And when you encounter an alpha female, you're just going to know it on a gut level. Like Marnie, I can say categorically, you are an alpha. I know you you said that to me on our, our call the other day too. Yeah. I mean, you just are. And I think that that kind of vibe puts men at ease because then they understand that this isn't, this isn't a game player here. This is somebody who's going to shoot straight with me. Okay. Do you think that beta females play games or really? No, I feel like they just go for what they want and that's it. Beta? But Wait, because I Wait, want does, I want to have an understanding of of beta females because they're they don't. Put, oh no no, I'm sorry, not beta. I was thinking alpha. Sorry. Okay. Okay. But like mind. beta females, like do you I'm think beta. that they are actually playing a game or that what it is well, is that they're unsure? I'm beta. I think that they're unsure. I don't think it's malevolent. I don't think that there's like mean intent involved. I just think that they they're not sure what they want and they're still trusting their sexual evolution to a man. They're trusting the man to hold their pleasure for them and to unfold it for them. Whereas an alpha female knows what brings her pleasure, goes after it wholeheartedly and explores it with gusto. I think I'm an AB then because <laughs> cuz you're, you're an alpha with a skirt. Yeah. Like that, <laughs> well, the reason what I mean is yeah. there's, you know, but it also shows your feminine side. Yeah. You know? yeah. Because I think what we're talking about also can be misconstrued as too masculine. Because mm-hmm. if a woman is right. too masculine, that's a turn off to a man as well. So right. I think you're a, you know, alpha with the skirt. Alpha yeah. with the skirt. I like that. Like, no, but I, but sometimes like, uh, I, I know what I want in some areas of my life. I don't know what I want in every area. And there's certain things that I would love to be led on. Um, by a man or, or, or even by another woman, to be honest. I, I can easily mm-hmm. be led by confident people who uh, seem to know what they're talking about as long as they don't trigger my bullshit meter. But um, but, <laughs> but typically I, I like being led by certain types of people. But I want to go back um, to the, the, the John Wayne thing just to reiterate okay. that for a, a lot of guys. Um, I really want people who are listening to this to go – rent or go on Netflix. You don't even have to rent anymore. I'm like picturing guys going to Blockbuster. Well, that doesn't exist anymore. But go on Netflix and go watch one of those movies and really just try to um, emulate John Wayne or even Clinton Eastwood, their, their character and the way that they talk and the way they hold their body for 15 minutes every single day, going back to what we were talking about in the first half of the show with uh, practicing things. So do that for 28 days. And I, I guarantee that that behavior will start to become embedded in you so that you can pull on it when needed. So that when you are in a situation like Jonathan was, you know, when he's on dates or on the phone with girls that he's meeting online, he can pull that John Wayne, Clint Eastwood out and ask questions like, you know, when was the last time you kissed a girl? And I – and that's how that is how you sexually escalate and yeah. get to that level to test the waters to see if things can go in that direction. Um, Maya, I want we have a, a segment that's called Overanalyze This, where we have questions from our listeners, and um, I'm going to start asking questions, and hopefully you can help us provide the answers. Are you ready? Okay. Yeah. Okay. I've been listening to the podcast recently, and I love it. It makes work go by fast, and the conversations always make me laugh, especially the shows with the comedians. But Really, the advice insights have helped me think in a realistic and down to uh, 
and down-to-earth way when it comes to girls and just life. So thank you for that. I'm a 23-year-old Korean recent college grad that lives in Chicago. I grew up in— You don't have to say a college grad. It's implied. Right. (laughs) Yeah. I grew up up in a Christian home and was educated on the belief that sex should be saved for marriage. And any time before, that's a big no-no. And I've carried that belief with me for a long time. But unfortunately, the fear of making that mistake has prevented me from getting close to women, which is really tying in to what we were talking about at the beginning half the show about being vulnerable. Um, In addition to the fear of rejection, I've also been made fun of uh, for being a virgin throughout college in my fraternity. As a result, I'm a shy virgin and I've been dealing with addiction to porn ever since puberty hit pretty much, which I've read affects my brain chemistry. It absolutely does. We talked about that on one of our recent shows. Um, And my expectations of sex and women. Long story short, because I can't have the real thing, I've resolved uh, to the virtual thing. I'm sick of the virtual world and being a boy with no confidence and I want to have a real relationship and to be a man, which you guys have started to teach me. Thank you. Uh, but it seems like nowadays every single relationship starts on the basis of sex, which I want to say for marriage. I've tried to stop watching porn, but after a week or so, that urge comes back, and all I can think about is having sex with every girl I see. I know I have a lot to deal with, but my two I'm glad it's questions... a podcast and he can't see us. Right, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Here, these are two questions. Number one. Is sex necessary to start a relationship? If not, then how do you suggest I go about getting one without it? So let's answer this. This is from Danny. That's his first question. Is sex necessary to start a relationship? If not, how do you suggest I go about starting one without it? Mm, it, de- wow. it depends on who you're in. I like that Kristen's jumping right in on this question. I She's like, no sex? I can tell you yeah. all about that. I didn't have sex the first time until I was 25. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's like a big thing. And it wasn't necessarily because I was like, this is what I'm doing. I'm not some like religious zealot or freak. Right. I just was really shy, really uncomfortable with it. And also was brought up Catholic and it was scary to me. And I never, I just assumed the first time I did it, I'd get pregnant and then my life would be over. Yeah. So I had a lot of fear when it came to that. So for me, um, I didn't start relationships based on sex. Um, I just happened to meet like nice enough dudes who were okay with that. Um, so I think you just have to weed through. I don't think you should change who you are. I think he needs help in terms of like the porn addiction and stuff. I, I didn't have a, a porn addiction. I was totally asexual, um, by the way. <laughs> like a Snoopy addiction. Or something. Yeah. <laughs> Buffalo Bills addiction yeah, exactly. and uh, Seinfeld addiction. Yeah. Um, so I think I think he should remain the way he is. I don't think he should I change agree. who he is to get in a relationship and to fit in with society's expectations. I just think he has to find the right people. And I think there's places you can go to find those right people. Absolutely. You know, like, so. Isn't Catholicism like huge? Like, yeah. It, yeah. Right. I mean you can meet a girl. I, I, I don't know really like – Catholic clubs and stuff. But I'm sure there are many. There Catholic are, I'm clubs. sure. So I'm. I would look into finding people who Abstinence might have clubs. more of a religious. There's there's, pl- there's plenty of places for people who are 23. Yeah. There's online dating sites for people who are virgins. Yeah, exactly. For, it's called Christian Mingle. Right, exactly. Yeah, that's no, but that's what the I thing. Would there's, there's to take it online and to get in an environment where he feels confident and safe. Yeah, yeah. where that won't be pushed. Yeah. On. and then pushed on him, move it offline as quickly as possible. Right. Yeah. But. Yeah. You know, I think that there there is this kind of belief that women want a nice guy. They want a guy who's in touch with his feelings and his feminine side. They want somebody who's going to hold the door for them and be a gentleman. You know, those women still exist. They do. And there's more of them than they think are out there. It's just what's in the public eye is more of the non – or is more of the sex stuff. So that's more on television. It's more on – 
you know, the girls who get attention are like girls with sexy posts on Instagram, you know, but those are just the people we're exposed to. There's so many people we're not exposed to that aren't in the public type of realm right. that don't live have those same. Well, I, I just did like a quick search things. on, um, for some reason, my thing goes to yahoo.com, but um, I did a quick search on like abstinence clubs and there's like chastity clubs, virginity clubs, all for people who, you know, are, are, are around uh, Danny's age. So there's there's plenty of places. I would say go on Google or Bing or yahoo.com, whatever, and just search chastity club or virgin, something like that with your age with the city that you live in and just see what pulls up because i'm i'm guessing because it could also be like your area aa for porn addiction too yeah exactly. <laughs> I mean, no, but no but seriously that's what you should look into as well because that's a, that's a pretty serious problem they can totally mess around with your uh, brain chemistry there was um a great article written by mark mason which we talked about on our show when we talked about how it messed with your brain chemistry and he had some lessons on how to actually stop your porn addiction and how to break away from it. He went on like a a porn um, fast and that really, really helped him. He noticed that his um, his uh, hormone levels shifted to a better state. Um, his levels of depression decreased. His overall thrive for life increased once he stopped watching porn as much as he was watching. There's nothing wrong with watching porn, but it's when it gets to that unhealthy level. Um, So Danny, that is definitely what I would suggest that you do and sign up for some of those clubs and start mingling with people who have the same beliefs as you because I love that you have that belief. So hold true to it. Um, And it's not necessary to start a relationship with sex as long as that's what you believe. Even if it's with somebody who doesn't have that same belief system, you can totally still be in a relationship without having sex. And most women or a lot of women will be understanding of that. If they're not, they'll get out of the relationship. The next part of the question was, what do you think about the idea about sex before marriage? Is it healthy, unhealthy for relationships marriage? We just we just covered that as well, Danny. We think it's totally healthy if that's what you want and what you believe in. Okay, next question. Uh, first off, I would like to thank you for the work you do in the dating field. Without you, guys like me would probably have no real or sincere help. As I would love to be able to hire you, I cannot afford it. So the next <laughs> next thing is this. Um, I'm asking a free question on the air. I first became a follower of, this is for me, of yours when I uh, listened to your book on audible.com, Get Inside Her. This is uh, somebody from audible.com trying to do a plug for themselves. Um, this book became very eye-opening for me and I have listened to it many times. Ooh, that's awesome. I should have had Maya do the voice for that book. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Sometimes to feel good and put me in a good mood, your podcasts are a lot, uh, are also a a lot of fun and there's lots of good advice and helpful stuff in there. I hope that your next book will be on audible.com as well. Totally an ad. Um, So a little bit about myself. I'm pretty funny, well-versed in politics, science, tech, fashion, cars, and normal happenings in the world. Really anything that normal people would talk about and also things that super nerdy people would talk about. I do consider myself a nerd, mind you. I do not consider that a negative connotation. So I do go to things like Comic-Con, and things of that nature that I enjoy in an effort in part to meet women. Okay, so down to the nitty-gritty. I consider myself um, an average-looking guy, nothing special. Don't uh, don't get me wrong. I'm not putting myself down. I just think I'm an average-looking guy. My biggest problem is approach anxiety. Once I get a conversation going, I'm not too bad, but I keep it rolling entertaining and fun. So I have a few questions for you. What are good ways to approach a woman and not seem creepy, but also not wait for some perfect situation that may never arise to give me the opportunity to talk to her? Again, thank you for your time, Michael. Michael D. Short. Michael D. Long. (laughs) Okay. The irony. Yeah, Wait, so he just asked how how to approach and not make it creepy. Yeah. Um, 
but he's saying he already approaches and he says he can't go through with it. I don't No, I he was this. saying that once he's in conversation, he's great. That's that's like the thing for but most people. But it's just people. hard for him to it's get the there. Warm yeah. Up. Okay. yeah, it's the warm up. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah, I think the the whole thing can be captured very neatly and tidily and just knowing how to smile and doing something as simple as like a smiling exercise in front of the mirror so you perfect your smile but you're not looking creepy. So it's just like a gentle little glimmer a smirk, of a smile. Like a George Clooney smirk. And you're making eye contact. Mm-hmm. So you're not doing that sort of beta, like I'm going lower than your level. You're making eye contact with her. You're giving her a subtle smile. That can be the greatest warm up in the world for a decent conversation. Yeah. I was really creepy the other day. <laughs> Why? I was the creepy one. Um, I have a boyfriend, so I'm not looking. However, I saw an insanely attractive man to me, like, whoa. And he was on like Jerry Seinfeld clone. A little sexier than that. <laughs> okay. Times. Of, yeah. Wasn't Jewish. Let's just leave it at that. Okay. So he was riding a motor- motorcycle, which Ooh. I'm usually not into, but he was like, he looked like very 1950s with it. And so anyway, I was at the gas station and I was getting gas and I went into the station and I came out and he was entering at the same time. And I looked at him and I almost was like caught off guard. So I stared for a second. And then um, he was pumping gas, but my gas pump was straight across from his, so I couldn't see him. Right. And I was like, I really want to get a glimpse to see if he was really as attractive as I thought he was, but I couldn't see him. So then <laughs> once like I got leaning. in my car, I slowly <laughs> drove past him. So don't do this. No, don't do this. And I like looked and he kind of looked again, but I didn't smile or anything. I was just like looking, literally looking at him pulling away in my like little crappy car. And I'm sure he was like, that was kind of weird. So don't ever do anything like that. Don't snoop around. Just be confident. And I mean, if I was single, I, you know, think of Marnie and the advice that we give on the show. If I was single, I would have forced myself to talk to him because it's not all the time I come across someone that I'm incredibly attracted to. Right. So if I were in the situation, I would have just gone balls to the wall and walked up to him and said, you're really fucking hot. Literally. (laughs) If I didn't have a boyfriend, I swear to God, that's how hot I thought he was. I would have just said that. And if he wanted to, to like say thanks and be like really cool about it and talk cool but if you want to be like weird and like oh then, then like, I would have not left. for me now you're not hot but that's anymore. what I imagined happening if I was single that I would have literally walked up and just she's been, like driving you're away you're literally she's just super it. hot and I just had to tell you that really yeah okay, I, I love swear that. to god because that's how attracted to him I was I would have done it I would have so how, how can how can Michael use this because that that doesn't Tactic start a conversation. Not always work with women. So this is the thing that I've, I've noticed. And actually, I watched a YouTube video of Matt Hussey the other day. Who's, his videos are pretty cute. I've only met him in person. I don't. I've never seen them before, but I thought they were cute videos. And he was talking about texting and to women. And a lot of his advice actually, um, I thought could really be great for men as well. Because he was talking about like, don't send texts like, "Hey, how are you?" Because it's basically oh, it's saying so it's saying like, "You yeah. entertain me. Yeah. I'm starting the conversation. I have exactly. nothing to say, yeah. but you entertain me now. I'm putting this yeah. on you." Be so a man annoying. and entertain me. And I, I find that a lot of guys do that as well in their approaches and in their texting conversations as well. It's yeah. like I'm just putting it out there and saying, here I am. Now it's now it's up to you to take control. Where the thing is a lot of women are like, oh, why the fuck would I want to talk to you? I don't even know who you are, what you're about. You're not saying anything to me. And you're not you're not even saying anything without words to me. You're giving you, me nothing to work with. Yeah. So I love what Maya was saying before about approaching with confidence, having that smirk on your face. And I love what Kristen was saying about going balls to the wall and just going for it. Um, but something to use. There are, I'm actually going to give like a different example. I usually give Osa as my example. 
which is my I method for having a motorcycle. Yeah, exactly. Like great motorcycle, like super sexy and you're <laughs> fucking hot. Let's have sex on it. Um, that could work for a woman. But uh, so I, I talk a lot about, um, I call them mission statements, but I should actually call them something different, but they're things that are going on in your life right now. So if you can have three things in your back pocket um, on automatic recall for you of things you can bring up to talk about that's what you can use in conversations that you're not always stumbling. And I call them mission statements because they're things that can be built upon, right? Where you can also engage the other person. So for example, if you have a mission of, I'm going to go and find like the best freaking t-shirt I've ever seen. And that's your mission in your mind. And you talk to somebody who you're at a clothing store and you go like, here's my mission. I'm trying to find the best freaking t-shirt in the entire world. One that's not too tight, one that's not too loose, that fits me perfectly. And I went to, and you tell three different situations of you attempting to find that t-shirt, that's a mission story that could be built upon and you can include that person in your conversation. That is something that you can use in your approaches right after you use OSA. You've heard me explain OSA a million times on the show. Observation, share and ask, that is the best way to break into conversation. But to follow up with it, you can have mission statements. Uh, The mission is, you know what, that's a great bike. I've actually been like, I'm scared of bikes, but um, my mission is to get on a bike by the end of the year. Yeah. Like, can I get on yours and take it? Like, yeah, like yeah. that's what you can use. Um, so that's how – that's what I would say for approaching. And I you know, I have lots of other materials on how to approach in my manual for approaching and creating attractive conversation, which is part of my program. How to Become a Man Women Want and also The Insider, which is a kick-ass program that I think everybody should sign up for. You can get that on my website, winggirlmethod.com. Thank you, Maya, for answering the questions. Thank you, Jonathan, for being on the show and answering the questions. And thank you to everybody who keeps writing in questions. We try to get to them as quickly as possible. Write into ask at askwomenpodcast.com. If you want to submit questions and Kristen wants you to tell her, tell people to, <laughs> to start follow me following on her. Yes. Follow her on Twitter. Write to her on Twitter. Make her feel special so that she's not depressed all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just at Kristen Carney. <laughs> yes. At Kristen Carney. And Maya, how do people hear your show Head Games? How do they get in touch with you? Well, go to the Playboy Radio website, which is playboyradio.com. You can also go to mayajordan.com and catch me on there. And, you know, I think it's just really great to evaluate your concern approaching women just as, you know, this is fear and fear is just a normal part of life and it's okay and everybody's going to be just fine. Remember, I'm a shrink. I'm going to boil your concerns down to their right size. (laughs) Exactly. Perfect. And Jonathan, how about you? Tell people, uh, I know you coach women, but a lot of the information you shared on the show was fantastic and wonderful and can definitely be applied to men as well. Well, I'll tell you what, go to my Facebook page, uh, Jonathan Asley at Facebook, and uh, I post posts that are go on for days sometimes, you know, <laughs> that are both, uh, you know, men and women contribute. But my website is understandmennow.com. I love that. And actually, that's a good place to meet women. I would go on to other dating coaches' Facebook pages who coach women Ooh. and start contributing on there. But I've like, actually contributed, I know, to at least a half a dozen relationships that started on my thread. So really? I think Facebook's yeah. a great place to connect with people and meet your potential mates. So. Yeah. 
I think so too. That's a, this is a splendid idea I've just had. But yes, yeah, so start you know stalking Jonathan's page and <laughs> picking up hot single women, um, and then definitely check out Head Games uh, from Maya Jordan on the Playboy Network, and continue to listen and download our podcast every single week. The Ask Women podcast gets released every Thursday. I announce it every Friday on uh, my website. Follow Kristen on Twitter again, so she can feel like she has friends mm-hmm. that don't want to socialize with her, but will come to her. That's all I want them for. Anyway. And uh, talk about deep shit, like what she was talking about before on the show. But you guys are awesome for supporting us and listening to the show. We're so excited to now be partnered with the Playboy Network, and hopefully we can partner with a ton more people so that even more people listen to our podcast and uh, we can spread our word a lot more. I don't even know where I'm trying to go with this. But anyway, we'll see you guys next week. advice and step-by-step instructions on how to get the girl sent right into your mailbox every single day? Then sign up for your free Wing Girl Method newsletter at winggirlmethod.com slash advice. When you sign up, you'll... When you sign up, you'll also get a free copy of my best-selling book, 10 Devastating Mistakes Men Make with Women and How to Avoid Them. Go to winggirlmethod.com slash advice and sign up now.